Hello and welcome to the For We Are Many podcast. My name is Rob. I will be your host and comrade this evening. Give me just one second. How? Oh, I see, I see. I figured it out. Okay. All right. So tonight we are going to be discussing um, largely uh, electoral stuff. Um, the, the midterm elections were yesterday. Um, there was a lot of things on the ballot. I apologize, you guys. There we go. Okay. Sorry, I had to get my two monitor set up uh, right. Trisha should be joining me momentarily. Um, Scott also might uh, join tonight. Um, Trisha's laptop's updating, so that's fun. Everybody loves when Windows does its own thing. Um, yeah, okay, sorry. End of distraction. So Colorado voters uh, legalized magic mushrooms and other plant-based um, hallucinogens. Um, we're gonna be talking about something that we didn't really talk about in depth back in October. Uh, an, LAD, an LAPD officer who died after a training accident um, had reported sexual assault, according to his family's attorney. Um, so, you know, like even in the rare circumstance where you do get a good cop, um, you know, he's uh, dealt with by his cop. Um, coworkers. It's weird to not have the chat up because of how I'm doing this. I'm trying to figure out if there is a way, but I don't think there is. Okay. Um, of course, our Patreon is live. Um, you know, you can sign up for any tier um, that you feel comfortable paying. Uh, it's going to take community support to grow this into a real independent left media source, which has been our goal since day one. I see Trisha has made it. That's good news. Connecting to audio. Let's try this let's see what will happen 
I can't hear you. Oh, all right. Um, a museum in Massachusetts returned sacred items to Sioux tribes, um, including nearly 110,000 human remains. Um, are, are just a fraction of the artifacts, including nearly 110,000 human remains. Sorry for that, uh, I misspoke. There is a New York City jail complex that is going to be restored into a citywide green energy hub. Uh, as I said, we're going to be talking about the midterm elections. We're going to talk about the states that voted to protect abortion rights. Some of them are constitutional amendments. Um, others are uh, voter passed legislation. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, Arizona's Senate and governor race are still undecided. Uh, so that's exciting. There's actually a whole list of races that are still uncalled. Um, Senate control hangs on two states. Um, right now it's 48-48 and there's two left open. Yeah, um, in Maricopa, they were having some issues like with the machines themselves and people are having to like decide whether to um, wait to use a backup machine or to just put their ballots in a box to be counted later or whatnot. I wasn't able to find any like deeper info on that, but um, it was a clusterfuck yesterday. Right. Really, given that, like that, if I remember right, Maricopa County is the most densely populated in the state. Oh yeah, by far. Maricopa County contains Phoenix and most of the valley. Right. Um. So yeah, we're going to talk about the Nevada Senate race, um, the Arizona Senate race. Uh, the Georgia Senate race, and then, of course, the House um, elections. Even the way, I'll screen share it when we get to it, but even the way the graphics work in these is just frustrating. So a big part of this is going to be, you know, like critiquing how the system functions. Um, and Biden kind of like, prematurely took a victory lap, um, basically saying the big red wave didn't happen, which sure it didn't happen in a big wave like that, but like they could still take the House and the Senate when the votes are all counted. So you right. know, for, for Biden to be publicly, you know, talking about wins across the board when that isn't necessarily the case, uh, I mean, as of right now, um, so all, all 435 seats in the House are up for election. And as it sits right now, Democrats have 191 and Republicans have 210. 218 is the majority. So, you know, like you kind of have to, and, and, and then the Senate still being 48 to 48, 
because they're still uncalled races. Uh, <laughs> right. I, I mean, you know, for him to be taking a victory lap at this point is just wild. But of course, he's been he's been claiming victory after victory since he took office, and there hasn't really been a single victory. Well, I mean, when you're wealthy, old, white, and delusional, you can do that. True. <laughs> I will put he's quite presumptive about a lot of things, none of which surprised me. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, we're also talking about an establishment <laughs> shithead that most of them think that whatever they feel like having fall out of their mouths will just be accepted as fact. Yeah. Like, uh, not really how things work. So, yeah, I mean, most of our stories today all come down to uh, the election. Um, I saw Chairman Zulu in the comments, so I wanted to give him a shout out. They were doing the uh, Bobby Hutton free food program today. Um, every every week on Wednesday at 12 o'clock three oh nine Orange Ave Newark New Jersey three oh nine South Orange Ave I think it's South Orange Ave anyway um oh shit I didn't mean to close that window I fucked up. <laughs> There we go. Um, but I'm still trying to fix shit over here and actually at least get Slack open where. Yeah. But uh, I, I'd like to point out, though, that the Democratic Party has been running moderate, like straight up, like borderline conservative Democrats, right? For the most part to counter these uh, Trump-backed candidates. And a lot of the Trump-backed candidates did lose their elections, but a lot of these uh, races that the Democrats thought were going to be super easy are either very close or outright lost, right? So, yeah. I mean, they could have actually embraced Bernie Sanders, like they said they were going to in 2020, right? Because Bernie was the compromise candidate at the time. Um, but they could have, you know, like made the party more progressive and probably won a lot of these races that have been lost. Um, and it just shows the need for a workers party. Uh, actually, when we get to it, I think think that it was Colorado voted for ranked choice voting in a top five open primary. Um, I believe you're right. Give me a second. I'm loading the images right now. Um, so tonight, Hurricane Nicole, um, keep in mind that it is the 9th of November, so pretty late for a hurricane um but tropical storm nicole less than an hour ago was upgraded to a category one hurricane 
and it will be making landfall in Florida tonight. Um, I mean, I guess I can just play this video here. That makes sense. There it is. Um, coastal Georgia. That's a great question. I do think that coastal Georgia, and notice that you're under a surge warning there. So I think it's conceivable you could see three or four feet of surge. Isn't it, you know, it's interesting to see that even though this is, I'm you know, a small. Go ahead and mute this. Um, I didn't realize I was jumping into a live stream. I thought that it was, you know, just. Uh, short little weather video. Um, however, you see that they're getting three to five feet of storm surge the whole way up the east coast of Florida. Yeah. That's, uh, and, and again, it's, it's not that a category one hurricane is like so severe or anything like that. It's that it's almost the middle of November and we are getting a hurricane well not we but florida is getting a hurricane right um oh this is one thing that we had talked about at the beginning of the summer too of expecting the hurricane season to last longer and to be that much more aggressive and your prediction there was right yeah Unfortunately, I mean, I'd rather not be right. But the point is, though, that we need to meaningfully invest in um, green infrastructure. And we need to make an earnest attempt to deal with climate change, not just, not just push it down the road, you know, not just pretend that everything's fine, not, you know, like invest in electric cars and think that's enough. That has its own problems. Actually, we should be talking about electric mass transit rather than more cars on the road. But I mean, you know, we need to think about levees, seawalls, hurricane defense, right? We need to, we need to figure out how to manage flooding um when we get unreasonable amounts of rain at a time we've seen that shit in the two years we've been doing this we've seen that what probably four or five different times are you still there yeah i'm here just sighing in frustration yeah We've known that this is an issue for so many fucking decades and for very, very little to have been done to save off the effects of humanity on the fucking planet. It's just, it's so fucking frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, at the end of the day, um, capitalism will not allow us to make meaningful investments um, in 
sustainable infrastructure. So we have to do it ourselves, right? We have to, we have to force the issue. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if there's anything else other than election things. Apparently, it was reported, Reuters was reporting an hour ago that uh, a runoff election will be happening in Georgia for the U.S. Senate, which I I expected, but it's official now. And, you know, that kind of just made me face palm to read that a little while ago, too, because if they had ranked choice voting, that runoff shit could be avoided. That it's, it could one of those things that you know now shit's getting dragged out because of not having ranked choice voting on their ballot. Right. Um, let's see. Made um, uh, Zuckerberg laid off more than eleven thousand employees. Uh, no Beyond Meat has, I'm sorry, what? Just smart astray. I said no surprise there. Yeah, no, unfortunately not. Uh, he did it through a letter, too. So, yeah, dope. Um, Beyond Meat is reporting a wider than expected loss and falling revenue. I think that that comes down to the fact that, uh, well, a lot of people are still skeptical of meat alternatives, you know, because like, what the fuck is that made out of, for example? Um, right. But other than that, um, you know, their, their products are not cheap. I understand that the process to make them is fairly expensive, but their products are not cheap and we're in a recession. Yeah. It's really fucking expensive to go for vegetarian and vegan options as far as meat replacement, you know. I've I've done so when I could, but I mean, it's pretty sad that that stuff is even more expensive than the ever-increasing prices of meat, chicken, seafood. Yeah, yeah, which I mean, I'll have hyped significantly gas is almost back up to four dollars a gallon too that's on the east coast i'm sure it's more out there in arizona scott you joined the room but you haven't said anything yet oh he's connecting to audio he's muted also it was actually just under four dollars a gallon the other day here so oh wow jumped back up since but saturday it was three something hello scott welcome to our uh fantastic uh election coverage (laughs) post post election i suppose it's still going on so i can't really yeah there's uh actually i have a whole article of uh uncalled races yeah yeah um, and and of course you know biden took a whole victory lap in the press about 
doing so great in the midterms and it's just like dude you haven't you haven't even like maintained control <laughs> like what the fuck well, i mean there's something to be said for the fact that this is historically a a pretty phenomenal turnout um for the party in power um to, you know in a midterm election so I, there's something to be said for that and yeah i mean should he be patting himself on the back no i think let's be honest the only reason why the turnout is as it was or was as it was was due to uh the abortion the rover roe v wade being overturned you know they, 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 the democrats should not be you know clapping themselves on the oh what a great job we've done we're phenomenal let's be honest it's strategically they let that happen so that they could go ahead and and win this election yep and as we've said a million times on this show they had 52 i think years to codify roe v wade and uh yeah and yeah i mean use it for a fucking card to play to get people to donate and get people to vote blue harder if they were to actually quit sitting on it. So right now I feel the real kudos as far as the abortion issue goes. Those kudos go to the people in the states that said fuck all of this because Michigan just um, changed the state constitution to protect the right to abortion and all other reproductive care to be between patient and doctor and to annihilate that fucking ban on it from the 1930s that would have been reinstated. Um, the people of Kentucky shut down a bill that was for banning it in the state. Um, God, I'm trying to remember where else. There was a couple other states that said fuck this on the state level and decided to protect abortion rights so uh i'm having a brain chart right now on what those other states were i know i put it in slack and i'm having yeah, trouble yeah, yeah. finding it i have everything open kentucky is looking a lot I, more progressive lately though i'll be honest it's uh it's starting to really change over uh and i, I think you know uh, conservatives are going to have have a real tough fight on their hands when these flyovers i hate that term these so-called flyover states really start turning blue you got missouri uh now is is uh has approved uh, marijuana being legalized i mean that's that's a huge uh jump for yeah. one of those midwest yeah. states you know that's that's huge yeah completely agreed um speaking of the little uh you know small red town that i'm in uh voted to allow recreational marijuana dispensaries so i mean that was that was shocking <laughs> there's also a few states that passed bills ending using you know prison inmates for slaves there. Yes. so thank god um, let's be done with that important more of that a tidal wave of it across the country yeah that because... is a good thing uh i do yeah. have a i do have a bit of good news before we dive too deep into the election though um a student was arrested in york 
after eggs were thrown at King Charles. <laughs> did you did you guys hear about uh the the fight they're having with the uh with the netflix series the crown oh my god no but i can imagine so stupid so dame judy dench who i'm completely in love with and this is so sad that she feels the need to fight this fight but uh they uh they are upset with how mistreated or misrepresented the royal family is in the series. Now, I had to listen to this for, I listened to NPR and of course I had to listen to that same thing play like 20 times on NPR. Like, why does anybody care about this? This is a giant election happening and you're talking about the crown and how rich people are upset about how they're being portrayed. You know, like let's stop. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. don't like being honestly portrayed? <laughs> wow. Change your fucking way. Such a shame, really. Unbelievable. Right. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, a protester was restrained by police as crowds gathered at Micklegate Bar, the traditional royal entrance into the city of York, to greet the couple. The 23-year-old was heard to shout out, this country was built on the blood of slaves as he was restrained. The man, a student at the University of York, was held on suspicion of a public order offense and remains in custody. People in the crowd started chanting, God save the king at the demonstrator. Can I ask you a question? Uh, does it say in the article if he was wearing a cape is my question. <laughs> no, no, it does not. But there appears to be video. Hold on, let me let me see if this is worth it. Let's see this. Oh, guy oh, 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 oh! The crowd immediately started <laughs> booing. What pussies? Hold you know, I, listen. What happened when it when if you were from England, it was your job to hate Prince Charles? What happened there? <laughs> it's kind of funny that he's just kind of like looking around like what just happened yeah oh no well notice that their knee is not on the man's neck oh it's so weird <laughs> Notice what that do you no mean? guns are drawn. Put a knee in their neck. Anybody <laughs> notice how there's no holster for a gun on those police officers? <laughs> there's nothing to draw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as it should be. So, I mean, you know, it's... Uh, I just wanted to start off on a positive note, you know? Yeah. Somebody yeah. throwing eggs at King Charles. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I remember like in the in the 90s if you were from england it was your job to hate prince charles <laughs> like everybody uh 
sided with Prince Di, Princess Di. Like that was the thing. Like you, everybody was like, she was the hero of the common folk, and he's this dopey looking douchey want to waiting till his mom died loser for the lack of a better word but you know and he was cheating on princess die with the with camilla and that was all like that was like everybody was like oh well he's so gross and now it's like oh god save the king help him save him from the eggs like that's crazy what happened save him from the Save them for the eggs. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Poor baby. And, yeah. and oh God's like, God. now they have to call the first mistress their queen. And <laughs> the first yeah. like, what happened to the oh, That's gold. That's what I'm calling her, the first mistress. <laughs> I mean, it's so accurate. Um, so Politico was tracking dozens of state ballot measures and propositions under consideration. Uh, 18 out of the 22 have been decided so far. There's uh, abortion things, state constitution amendments, criminal justice reform, drugs and marijuana, and election administration. So let's start with abortion. Kentucky voted not to amend the state constitution to declare lack of protection for abortion rights. So that's fairly shocking, as Scott was pointing out. That's uncharacteristic of Kentucky. From, from the Mitch McConnell headquarters. Right. 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 Um, Montana was trying to, to classify infants born at any stage of development as legal persons. Right. Born can can include, you know, like a miscarriage or an abortion. So basically they could charge you with murder if an aborted fetus was legally a person. Uh, they voted not to classify infants as legal persons. Michigan, as Trish already pointed out, uh, established a state constitutional right to reproductive freedom, including contraception use and abortion. Um, that's by a pretty good margin for Michigan, honestly. Usually stuff like that is right neck and neck, but it's like 56.7% to 43.3. That's a pretty good spread. Um, Telling you, women came out in, 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 uh, in solid numbers. And uh, I'll tell you, these, these old men uh, need to be prepared to adjust their policies to to suit the needs of women because that's what's they're the they're the thing they're what there's who who are voting they are who are voting now well i mean they're also who started the russian revolution <laughs> there you go uh, let's not forget that the russian revolution started with a march on international women's day yep. um anyway uh not to get too out there i guess but um <laughs> ultimately like that that's the thing right like what we need to do is establish uh, an actual left wing an actual workers party right and implement ranked choice voting across the board get money out of politics the whole nine yards like when we get down to the election reform things i'm probably going to have more to say on that but anyway <laughs> um california 
established an individual right to reproductive freedom, also including contraception and abortion access. Alabama ratified a new state constitution which removed racist language and duplicative or repealed provisions. Um, I don't know, I don't know a lot in depth about the changes, uh, to be honest, but um, seeing as their old constitution was written, you know, back in the slave days, it's probably a good idea to update it. Every once in a while, it's nice to, for your policies not to go stale when they were written, when people, you know, when actual people were worth a third of another person. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That's problematic. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of shit that needed. And women weren't worth anything. (laughs) Yeah. Right. We got. It's about fucking time, like, hell, when even Alabama can move forward. We know there's a yeah. little bit of fucking hope there. Yeah, for sure. Um, Tennessee has modified their constitution to remove slavery as a punishment, meaning that, uh, you know, like, you cannot force a prisoner to be a slave is the punishment of a crime as allowed by the 13th amendment. Right. Um, so Louisiana was seeing a, a similar constitutional amendment, which failed by an almost impressively large gap. 60.9% of the people voted not to remove slavery as a punishment, but uh the the wording of it was problematic anyway because it didn't really do anything right they were going to modify their constitution to remove slavery as a punishment with exception for lawful administration of criminal justice so you didn't you didn't fucking change anything right right like it just sounds more appealing that way you've made slavery more palatable Maybe right. we should just get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <Right. laughs> Novel idea. Uh, Oregon saw measure 112 to modify the constitution to remove slavery and involuntary servitude as a punishment. And it passed. Um, and Vermont just outright banned slavery and indentured servitude. <laughs> um, yep. Which that's the most impressive split on here. 89% of the voting population of Vermont um, voted to prohibit slavery. The unfortunate part is that that's still 11% of the population of the voting population that voted not to ban slavery. Yeah, that's where, what, where are these people? (laughs) Mostly in Nazi compounds. Yeah, I mean, in a state that, and this is, by the way, in a state that was, that went red last night, Vermont, uh, at least their governorship did, um, in a state that went red, for that to have passed anyway, pretty significant, I'd say. 
right? Yeah. Vermont is a very fucking place. And it's I, one of those things, like, a lot of people forget that Vermont is even out there. But it is one of the weirdest fucking places in this country. <laughs> and a lot of people think it's just this leftist utopia. No, it's, it's really not. Utopia. Yeah, it's the liberals a shit lib utopia there's a, a bunch of OG first generation hippies that live there that think they have made themselves this fucking beautiful utopia and they're surrounded by clusters of Nazis it's fucking weird and all of the shit lib hippies are like la 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 hear no evil see no evil I'm gonna pretend we're not surrounded by Nazis and it's like Wake the fuck up. It's also become a, a great deal more corporate than it has been. So, you know, I mean, I remember going to Burlington, uh, you know, 20 years ago, and it was very much a hippie, kind of relaxed, very chill place to be. And uh, now it's just, they've rolled in the red carpet for big money uh, to gentrify the entire place. Not that it wasn't already incredibly white and wealthy people, but you know now it's it's corporate interests as opposed to like a hippie who left society to go live on his trust in a commune. You know, it's it's a totally different world now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, one prime yeah. example of that is pretty much. Every bit of media, the local newspapers, all of that, all got bought up by one very right-wing extremist asshole who owns it all, therefore controls the flow of information there now. Such a shame. That's frightening. Yeah, yeah, in, a yeah. Land of, uh, in a land of Bernie Sanders, you'd think they'd be... They'd keep Fuck, an eye in on the that. land of Michael Parenti. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> You would. I mean, yeah, you know the funny. The funny thing is, is that Parenti and Bernie were friends until Bernie supported war. <laughs> yeah, I'm the wrong person. I'm a hawkish left leftist, so I can't really, can't really make that. I can't. I can't <laughs> criticize other people for that. Fair enough. <laughs> um. I, I like that you let me slide with stuff like that. Like, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about to. I'm not about to try to tell you what to think or you know how to act. Oh but, man, shit. fine. It's fine. You're not no. gonna bury a, a an ice pick in my head. Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Not until after the revolution. Right. Right. <laughs> So, uh, pickaxe emoji in the group chat when I get back in. <laughs> so, Maryland and Missouri both uh, passed constitutional amendments to legalize marijuana for people over 21. Um, and yeah. Missouri is allowing certain people incarcerated for mar marijuana related offenses to petition for release. We'll see oh, how that gets nice. implemented, but yeah. that's uh, definitely a step in the right direction in the right direction so uh i had this i, I want to mention this because we, we you mentioned maryland uh i did not know this 
But does anybody know the history behind the the flag of Maryland? I don't even know what the flag of Maryland looks like. Me neither. This bad boy right here. Yeah. Okay. These red and white things here. You know where those came from? No. That is from Confederate sympathizers from Maryland. Huh. I had no idea that that was actually even a thing. But uh, it's dedicated to Southern sympathizers of the Civil War, the red and white crossland sections. Wow. Gross. No idea. Totally out of it. So by that's that's a inane fact that I just learned today from, you know, bunch of people schooling me on how cool I thought their flag was. <laughs> they're they're just they're like, like no. really it's not that cool. <laughs> not that cool. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> awkward panda. <laughs> so uh was it turtle? It's awkward turtle. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah I think it's sad panda and awkward turtle, but anyway. Uh <laughs> Arkansas, North Dakota, and South Dakota all failed to legalize. Um, Arkansas right. by a pretty considerable margin. 56% voted no and 43.7% voted yes. That's sad. Um, and then election administration laws. Um, all five wait, people that wait, live there will be upset. Before you move forward, there's more about drugs. Colorado oh, yeah, yeah. legalized hallucinogens. Yeah, I not just psilocybin, uh, but like DMT. You fucking name it. Uh, I think the only derived. one that still plant, plant derived is what the um, proposition. There we go. Is what the proposition said. Remember right, I think peyote was the only one not included, but that's because that is a protected thing for, you know, yeah, a, yeah. probably um, but being since, like a very rich plant as well as it's protected for re religious practices for indigenous groups. So peyote is not included, but everything else that is naturally derived, you may now trip balls in Colorado. Yep. Uh, psilocybin, psilocin, mescaline. Ibogaine and DMT. Wow. It also it also creates a natural medicine services program for the supervised administration of such substances, creates a framework for regulating the growth, distribution, and sale of such, such substances to permitted entities, and create the Natural Medicine Advisory Board to promulgate rules and implement the regulated access program. I'm so excited. Yeah, I mean, it's actually a really, I mean, supervised consumption sites, uh, you know, natural medicine services is completely appropriate for hallucinogens. It really opens the door yeah. for anyone. Uh, you know, it's, have you watched the Netflix documentary, Fantastic Fungi? No, I have not. Oh, phenomenal. Really great. Uh, talking about uh, the kinds of things, the kinds of properties that mushrooms can do to to help people with psychological issues. Really a phenomenal uh, watch, just things that you would never know about mushrooms to begin with. But, it, you know, uh, 
looking at how before Nixon, we were using these drugs to try and treat people um, for a wide variety of psychological issues. And then, you know, Nixon comes along and the sweeping reforms and then everything that could actually treat people and make them better is suddenly, you know, gone if they can trip on it it's out you know um yeah because we all know he was targeting as many uh communists and leftists as they could as he could hit right but you know and... just another side note interesting watch for anyone who's interested yeah definitely gonna have to check that out yeah yeah for sure we had a troll on YouTube, but uh, I took care of that. So, yeah, cool. Good shit. Uh, kind of fun being the sea trolly bullshit. <laughs> I can't see any of it, so I'm I'm. Uh... Well, I mean, we're doing it in Zoom instead of on Restream, so we don't have like the live chat on the side of the screen like we usually do. Yeah, we're gonna but... find this. I already deleted it. Well, well, then, yeah, I'm not bothered by that, but I just want to watch, you know, in case somebody comes up with a question that I would enjoy answering. Um, gotcha. Yeah, that was on YouTube, though. What was I, what were you talking about before this? Oh, uh, interesting in Massachusetts. Have you guys been... Uh, privy to any of that what's going on here um the the museum returning sacred items to the sioux tribes or something else well that's kind of cool but also um the first openly gay uh, or openly lesbian governor um and the first female governor uh in the state of massachusetts so uh good check fantastic very excited she came out and made a, a, a wonderful speech about how girls can be whoever and whatever they want to be which is awesome very exciting news there <clears throat> um and we also uh some of the uh the, the big thing is a four percent tax on millionaires now so they we approved a four percent tax on millionaires and we've approved that uh, undocumented workers can now uh, uh, get a driver's license so that's what's up super exciting super exciting oh yeah big big steps here were made uh yesterday so uh pr pretty significant for for the state of massachusetts yeah, for sure. Um, I guess while we're talking about Massachusetts, <clears throat> um, about 150 artifacts considered sacred by the, the Lakota Sioux people are being returned to them after being stored at a small Massachusetts museum for more than a century. Um, there was weapons, pipes, moccasins, clothing, uh, including several items thought to have a direct link to the 1890 Wounded Knee Massacre in South Dakota. Um, they had been held by the Founders Museum in Barr, Massachusetts, about 74 miles west of Boston. 
about 74. That's an oddly specific number for it to be about. <laughs> about 74. <laughs> That's nice. Hey, yeah. A public ceremony was held Saturday inside the gym at a nearby elementary school that included prayers by Lakota representatives. Um, the artifacts will be officially handed over during the private ceremony. Uh, Surrounded Bear is a 20-year-old who traveled to Bar from the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. Uh, he said, ever since that Wounded Knee massacre happened, genocides have been instilled in our blood. And for us to bring back these artifacts, that's a step towards healing. That's a step in the right direction. We need to see more of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those 150 items are just a fraction of the 870,000 Native American um, artifacts, including nearly 110,000 human remains in the possession, uh, possession of the nation's most prestigious colleges, museums, and even the federal government. They're supposed to be returned to the tribes under the 1990 Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act. That was 32 years ago. <laughs> right. Why that hasn't been enforced of like, yeah, no, you don't get to keep this in your fucking museum. This belongs to this tribe's people. Give it the fuck back. Like, why, why hasn't that been forced in right. two fucking years since that passed? Yep. Um, yeah, it's way, way overdue. Yeah. Their little loophole is that technically they're private institutions and don't receive federal funding. So they're not subject to that act. And it's like, uh, they should be. It shouldn't matter whether they are privately held or publicly held institutions. That shit doesn't belong to them. Right. It never did. Um, we already talked about the abortion. I don't know why I had two stories open on that. So I do have a little bit of a video. This is going to be from CBS News. Um, it's from about six hours ago, talking about Arizona's Senate and governor's races. Um, as far as I know, they are still uncalled. I will double check after the video, but when I was putting it together like an hour ago, they were still, um, it was still an uncalled race. So give me just a second here. While CBS has not called the races in Arizona, Democrats seem to be leading the pack there. Election officials say they may not have results, though, until the end of the week. And that fact has one Republican candidate already raising questions about election integrity. Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake, you see her on the left. She is trailing Democrat Katie Hobbs by less than 1% right now. In the past, she has repeated false claims about voter fraud. And last night, she told reporters it was, quote, 
Groundhog Day. Let's bring in CBS News national correspondent Chris Van Cleve for more on the Arizona elections. He's there in Phoenix, where officials just held a news conference. It looks like, Chris, that they are right behind you. Tell us, uh, where do things stand with results? What are you hearing? Well, so Maricopa County is the largest county in Arizona. About 60% of the votes in the state of Arizona come out of this county. It is home to Phoenix. Back behind us here, these are... Um, election workers that are, are in the process of going through some of the uncounted ballots. We we just heard in a briefing that there are about 400,000 or so ballots here in Maricopa County that are yet to be tabulated. They are in various stages of being processed. These are almost all uh, early vote. And Arizona, uh, sort of think about it as like a three-step process to getting to an answer uh, with the potential of some some overtime s scenarios playing out. But uh, step one, is phase one, is the vote by mail uh, or early vote. Uh, overwhelmingly, Arizonans vote early, predominantly by mail, but they can also vote in person early during an early voting period. Uh, so the votes that we saw come up last night heavily in favor of Democrats, those were all early votes. And then... Overnight, we started to get the in-person uh, votes from Election Day. Here in Maricopa County, they had more people vote on Election Day this year in a midterm election than they had vote in person in the presidential election in 2020. That likely is uh, a lot of Republican voters who uh, the Republican candidates here have spent the last couple of years questioning the integrity of elections, encouraging people to vote in person on Election Day. So it is likely that is why you saw you've seen the gap close so much is that many Republicans who maybe otherwise would have voted early chose to vote on Election Day. Now, you have a, a window of time here between Saturday and Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, where all of those early votes that were mailed in uh, or dropped off at polling places on Tuesday, those haven't been looked at yet. That's the bulk of those 400,000 votes. And it's really hard to predict where those fall, which is why uh, all of the races are really a toss-up. You know, uh, Senator Kelly has a, has a, has a the biggest, one of the biggest leads right now, but it's been shrinking, and it's hard to know where these uncounted votes will go. Uh, and of course, you have other counties too that are still doing the same thing with their early votes. Now, uh, there's also provisional ballots if things get super close, where where those could come into play. But uh, we have a lot of votes here in Maricopa County that still need to be counted. We'll get daily updates every evening. The county is hoping to have 90 to 95 percent of those done by Friday night. But in uh, races that are this close. Uh, it, it may be into next week. And then there is a new state law um, talking about taking up residency in Arizona. There's a new state law here that triggers an automatic recount for any race that comes in within half a point. And that recount can't start until after a statewide canvas in early December. So you may not have an official winner in a particularly close race until we're doing Christmas shopping. <laughs> it looks and like Chris is also looking for real estate Chris there in Arizona. Chris is also settling in yeah. in Arizona. And I think what viewers should really appreciate here is everything Chris is saying now is the same that he was reporting yesterday, mm -hmm. that there is a process. It will take time. Despite the allegations from the late campaign, these ballots, some more than 400,000 out, will be counted. It will be a few days. So, Chris, it seems as though, despite the allegations coming from some, that something may be untoward. So, <clears throat> basically... I wanted to, oh, hold on, let me fix my video. I forgot about that. There we go. All right. You're probably going to have to help me back in from the waiting room, too. It's a good thing that I'm dialed in for audio. 
because <laughs> Zoom crashed. Oh. Yeah. Fun. All right. Well, when you pop back in, I'll let you back in. Yeah, there, it says connecting should be. All right. Um, but I wanted to take a little bit of a focus on Arizona because this was a thing in the 2020 election as well. And, um, you know, you had Republican voter intimidation. Um, you know, you had, uh, or not, not voter intimidation, counter intimidation. They were trying to like break into the, um, the place where the votes are counted in Maricopa County. And uh, their system is kind of messed up, actually. They, they should count start counting the mail-in ballots before election day. But he talked about the recent law that makes it so everything's counted on election day. But we might not know who won uh, the governorship in Arizona until like they were saying potentially early december or the senate race you know if if they come within half a point that's ridiculous that they don't want to start counting the early votes until election day that that makes it that much more of a pain in the fucking ass why not count them as they come in right right so uh, let me pull up current Arizona election shit. Ow. Uh, all right. I have hours. returned. That was last night. Oh, hello. I apologize. <laughs> Had to get the kiddo ready for bed. And Rob, you look far more attractive in your profile picture here than you do in on screen. Yeah. <laughs> it's Emily. That's I why. know. That's... <laughs> 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 oh. The, my my screen hasn't even connected yet. I'm looking at an all black screen, so like I wasn't even sure, but that makes sense. I thought it was just some serious bromance happening. <laughs> <laughs> There's some of that too. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what topic are we on? Uh, last I was uh, I heard was of the the whole um, Sioux artifacts being returned. Uh, Arizona elections. Oh, yeah. The contentious yeah. Maricopa County counting. Yeah. Yeah. I got to uh, experience a little bit of that um, in 2020. I wasn't like counting, but I worked the polls. And uh, it's, they said there was a higher in person turnout for the midterms than there was for the 2020 election, which was record setting. So that's, uh, that's pretty wild. Um, but so depending on the race, 74 to 76% of the uh, expected votes are in. So all four of these races are still open. Um, 
And like the Democrats are in the lead for all of them, but they're very close. And uh, yeah, uh, the House elections, it looks like are over. Uh, no, there's still two that are not called, but the GOP gained a seat so far. Um, the attorney general race uh, has Democrat Chris Mays at 50.1% of the vote and uh, Abraham Hamadeh at 49.9% of the vote with 74% of the votes in. Insanely close yeah. races. Governor, 50.3 to 49.7. Uh, <laughs> um, the Senate race is... Uh, got Mark Kelly with a pretty good lead, but that video was just talking about how, you know, like there's still 24% of the votes left. And if those votes are mostly Republican, he could still lose that race. Um, Secretary of State, the incumbent, uh, Adrian Fontes, is 52.4% uh, of the vote with 75% in. Um, yeah. Uh, the Secretary of State down in Florida, or is it Georgia, that Donald Trump specifically said, who's, who's a Republican, who specifically, Trump specifically said, let's not, don't vote for him, he's garbage, still managed to win. So, huh. I think I think that's that's worth uh, making a note of. By the way, is that I think there was even if Trump was looking to make a 2024 bid for the presidency, this is a real referendum on that. Um, when you look at everybody he endorsed, Mehmet um, Oz in um, Pennsylvania um, up against Fetterman, which is a huge victory, I think. Um, you know, when you when you look at all of the candidates that he endorsed versus all the candidates that uh, he, he condemned, uh, you see you see the opposite happening. The people he condemned getting elected and the people he endorsed kind of really falling apart. So that's uh, that's a good sign uh, that he may not be the challenger in 2024. Which I think is good for the entire electoral process. Yeah, my, in my opinion. Uh, speaking of the electoral process, James said only one or only forty-one percent of the registered voters in his county voted, um, and I said that Americans have lost faith in the electoral system for a good reason. It doesn't. It doesn't work for them. It doesn't work for us. Um, Who do you mean when you say us, though? I mean, specifically leftists, or are we talking about uh, the people, the workers? I'm talking about the, the masses in general. Everybody's suffering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and Biden actually spoke to that today when he said something to the effect of that, you know, I, I understand that people are suffering, but we've worked towards passing legislation, you know, towards you know, building something for the future. It just hasn't taken effect yet, which is a nice, which is a nice cop out, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, it probably never will. And if it does take effect, then it's going to be rolled back. 
Like that's that's the whole thing with reforms, especially in a political system. I mean, basically, you've got the Democrats on one side and the Republicans on the other, and they take turns playing good cop, bad cop. <laughs> right. Like there's no real representation of people of color or the working class in general. Um, and the system doesn't allow for it. Uh, I don't want to say the system doesn't allow for it. I, I think that's unfair. I, I think the system allows for it. We just can't. I, I just don't think that the, the general public is prepared to handle it uh, in that way. I think they've been so propagandized uh yeah for so long that any any we see it now any any kind of legislation that kind of points towards the left is branded as complete socialism as if socialism is a bad word you know um in in a, i'm an avowed socialist i'll tell anybody who asks me that i'm a socialist if you know if i'm at a party or somebody asked me you know who, who yeah, i'm a socialist but the and the point in in saying that is to spark the conversation not only to announce my allegiance but to start that conversation so that people can maybe be deprogrammed but we got a long way to go before we get there i don't think it i don't think the system itself doesn't allow for it i think we've been we've been so propagandize that we don't we don't allow ourselves to accept it well yeah but i mean even when an outsider like you know works their way into a party like you know in uh 20 what was it 2008 or no it was 2012 ron paul ran on the gop ticket right and the party fucked him pretty much at the convention and then 2016 and 2020 bernie sanders you know, in the Democrat, uh, in the Democratic Party. I mean, like, the system itself is not democratic. <laughs> See, but now here's the thing, right? Uh, and and I, I agree with you that yes, that that feels that way. But people aren't involved in party politics the way they used to be anymore. When you a long time ago, when, when this country was first founded, People had an allegiance to a party and a party, belonging to a party didn't mean just voting a certain way uh, when, when voting came along, when, it came, when voting day came along. It meant you actively worked with the party and you, uh, you, you did your civic duty with them. You uh, went out and, and, and took care of your neighborhoods and in the name of the party, that kind of thing doesn't exist anymore. Well, we I don't mean, have for electoral parties, no. I mean, there are revolutionary parties that do that kind of work. But I'm saying if more people showed up for the local uh, conventions, the local Soviets. <laughs> <laughs> there'd be a different. There'd be a different outcome. And that's just that's just my opinion. If more people were involved were involved in party politics, it would change things. And you and to your point, everybody keeps saying, "Well, you can change things from the inside. Why don't you just change things from the inside?" And then every time somebody does try to change things from the inside, they get 
totally ostracized. So I get your point. I do see that. But that what I would say is that there needs to be more engagement, not less. Yeah. And I mean, getting money out of politics would go a big way, but that's that's what our entire election system is currently based on, which is kind of why I'm like, scrap it and start over. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I must take this moment to point out the meme that I put behind me here. I'm just going to lean back so you guys can actually read that. <laughs> yeah. News, everyone. The ruling class maintains <laughs> the government. That's yeah, and I mean, like, I, I guess that's that's what I'm kind of dancing around is that no matter the outcome of any of these elections, the capitalists still have a stranglehold on every aspect of government. Yeah, what I'm saying is that uh, the people have the power to change that. I we agree. Don't. I we agree. Don't. But oh, we're, we're not very we're not very class conscious anymore. You know, like a hundred years ago, it would be like, all right, boss, me and the guys talked, and uh, if you're not going to give us an eight hour workday, we're going to burn down the factory. You know, like right. there was <laughs> there was militant resistance a hundred years ago amongst the working class, and that doesn't exist like that anymore. You know, that, that's the problem is, is that the, the American dream is the, is the double-edged sword that cuts both ways. Uh, it, it really touts that line that, you know, everybody can be who they want to be and they can rise up and they can build themselves up. And, and they, to some degree, that is still very true in the States, whereas it's not in elsewhere, else, as much elsewhere. Uh, but on the same token, it cuts in the other direction because people realize, okay, well, someday I could be rich and everybody's planning for the day that they're going to come into some money and they don't want to end up having to pay taxes, you know? So they, it's self-defeating. You know, they, they're looking to, to someday become rich and they're taking away every way that they could possibly get there because they're afraid of the day that they do. That, and it's like, please stop voting as if you are a temporarily embarrassed millionaire. You are not hundred air or thousand air, um, <laughs> you know. Like, quit fucking yourself in the ass right. with no loop. I'm afraid um, your, your triple digit income is never going to put you in the top one percent. Did you say triple digit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, James said in the comments that's because of their big bags of money and their friends with big bags of money. And I replied to that saying, that's exactly why I advocate for on the ground community building, right? Like look for the people that are doing things in your community or like start doing things. It only takes two people, right? Going down the road, doing a street cleanup to start doing something. Yeah. And I mean, just talk to people while you're out there doing it, you know, find out what their issues are and then figure out how you can help no matter how small. Right, like we need on the ground uh, community networks. And when I say networks, I mean like everybody knows everybody. Like nobody calls the cops because they call their next door neighbor who's gonna be there in 30 seconds instead of three hours. Yep. You know, or like, instead of- Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
And I, I think that, I, well, to use the Russian Revolution as an example again, I think that building dual and contending power is the only thing that's really going to bring about meaningful change. I, I think that most times in the past when meaningful gains were gotten, that's how it happened, right? Like, I mean, we didn't just like wake up with the eight hour workday, for example. Huh. Or the, or a weekend's off. Right. 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 And like, let's be honest, Eugene V. Debs and quite a few other revolutionaries from a hundred years ago or more, would be rolling over in their fucking graves right now to see how many people are foregoing even those protections of like the eight hour workday, et cetera, and allowing companies to require them to work overtime to the excess because, you know, otherwise it's like, okay, they'll fire you and hire somebody else. Well, like, yeah. I mean, what, think about how like Eugene Debs or like, the railroad strikers or the mine strikers would have reacted to, um, well, I mean, seriously, the entire state of our labor relations today. Um, but like forced overtime being one of those things or, you know, like, wow, it's been a hundred years and you don't even have fucking sick time. Right. Well, right. You know, that's, uh, uh, and, and we need to devote an entire uh, podcast to this particular issue. And we've had this conversation before where, you know, I don't think it's anybody's fault, any union's fault right now. I think it's because they've been systematically pushed out uh, yeah. and, and, and essentially taken legally taken away any way that they can really push for meaningful change well uh, yeah yeah i mean they've been fully liberalized they've been stripped of their power most of the leaders of unions for decades at this point have been people that support the company you know like i mean there, there's just been a lot of concessions given inch by inch over the years and it, it harkens back to the the the, the saying uh, you know give somebody an inch and we'll take a mile I mean, an employer yeah. will always take a mile if you give them an inch. Um, oh, but I, I mean, that. like some of that class consciousness and some of that like revolutionary character is coming back to some unions, though. I mean, look at Amazon. They didn't organize with anybody, right? They didn't want to be like beholden to another union. They wanted to do it directly. Same thing with Starbucks. And then, you know, Teamsters, their, their new president has been trying to, like, get back to their roots, right, as, like, an active worker-powered union. And, um, I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to unionize FedEx, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah my, my, uh, Nicole worked at um, FedEx for a while, and that was... You know, they were actively working against that, of course. You know, you get paid time to go hang out, have a little break, and they feed you. And they, oh, hey, guys, remember we're awesome? Remember how cool we all are? Here's some pizza. Don't forget how bad it is to have a union around. And that's just so sad. You know, like, oh, the open door policy. 
Oh, if you don't like God. our policies, there's the door. That's what it is. Right. Yeah, honestly, we need to see more of the things like what's happened with Amazon and Starbucks. So people within an individual corporation forming their own fucking union, I think that's one way to solve those problems of the neoliberal shit that's happened in a lot of the larger unions. I think that's a way to help solve the problem of the nepotism that happens there too, of like, oh, hey, you're just progeny of another inept motherfucker that was running shit. Now you can be inept too. Um, we really do need stronger union representation. And I think that's going to start with movements like this, of like form your own for the company that you work at. I think that'll be something that could actually pave the way for truly ending up being able to seize the means of production there. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, also, you know, like organizations like the IWW, obviously they're size wise, they're a shadow of them for, uh, of their former selves, but they've never lost their revolutionary edge. Um, right. You know, so I, I mean, I don't think that we should be so quick to like, you know, not work with the IWW either. No, IWW is still a good one. And I'll just say this, like, I'm not necessarily going to name names right now as far as specific unions go that have gone to practicing neoliberal bullshit. There are still some really good ones. If anybody wants to learn about the ones that have fucked up, they can go look at our specials on those. But, um, (laughs) you know, there's, there's a problem when a union is being run in the same fucked up manner as our government is. That's a problem that we need to solve so that we can actually bring back the strength within unions to actually represent the workers themselves. Just saying, I think this is a good point to start at. Like, I, I fully support the IWW, um, and I do recommend them quite frequently to people, but there's also facets of business and production and whatnot that are not covered necessarily by IWW. So form your own. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't think that any particular union is to blame for any of this. No, no, no. It's it's systematic for okay. sure. It is. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I said I'm not going to sit here and point fingers because there's, I would have to grow many more fingers to be able to go here's all the ones that have been happen. <laughs> um, yeah. you know and and that's been problematic that systematically they have had these issues um you know it, it can be fixed but they have to stop these practices that they've now been conditioned to for the last few decades as workers even in those unions, in accepting that their union is being run the same way as our fucked up government. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it, like I said, we need to we need to dedicate an entire episode yeah. specifically to uh, talking about uh, legislation that has really taken the these. Uh, uh, unions right out at the knee so and it has been for 50 years you know we, we, we don't have we don't have unions the way that our parents did 
They don't exist. Right. Right. And ironically, they didn't have unions the way that their parents did. Right. So it's been a steady decline uh, and a steady government trying to control uh, unions and minimize their uh, their ability to really work for workers' rights. I mean, what's this? Uh, the Taft Hartley Act was in was in uh, what nineteen forty seven, right? So, like I said, my parents had better unions than I have, and their parents had better unions than they had, because prior to that. You had people who could rise up. They, you know, you had people taking arms, wearing their red bandanas, carrying their Winchesters to work. You know what I mean? Right. Doesn't happen anymore. Doesn't happen. I mean, you well, know, I'm, I'm not opposed. Um. Yeah, so I'm scrolling through some just kind of basic stats, right? Um, the U.S. elections, uh, the Senate is still split 48-48, and the House is still 192-210. to 210. Uh, The Republicans have more. They could end up getting the majority, I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's a fucking competitive governor race in Georgia, like 49.2 to 48.7%. I think that we've talked about most of these other ones, though. Uh, key ballot measures, I think think we finished oh yeah election administration ohio um voted to prohibit local governments from allowing non-u.s citizens to vote in local elections by a huge margin nebraska uh passed voter uh photo id voting requirements by a huge margin um Arizona, I mean, this could still flip, but it's looking like Arizona is going to uh, not require photo ID, but that could flip as votes are counted. Um, Connecticut voted to allow early in-person voting, and Alabama required that any change to state election law goes into effect at least six months before an election. And I think that basically covers the election stuff. Um, Trump's picks, right? So there's been six victories and seven defeats out of uh, his his backed candidates. Um, obviously, uh, Ron Johnson won in Wisconsin. Uh, Herschel Walker is going to a runoff. Yeah, that's the big one. Um, and then Ohio Senate, J.D. Uh, J.D. Vance and North Carolina Senate. Uh, Ted Budd 
Oh my God, what a name. Ted huh. Bud. And then in the house, um, they've won three. Monica De La Cruz from Texas, Ashley Henson from Iowa, and Zach Nunn from Iowa. Isn't there a crazy pants one out in Arizona that's they got? Oh yeah, dude, fucking Carrie Lake. Yeah, that's that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, where... crazy pants. That should be on here. And Smart Green got reelected too. Oh yeah, that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about was Biden. Uh, you know, Biden's little victory lap. Yeah. Hold on, let me uh, find a video here. There's got to be one, right? It's the day after election day. It's all over the place. It was fucking cluster fucking the entire feed as I was searching for these articles earlier. Um, so yeah, you'll find some video. But in good news, Lauren Boebert's dumbass got defeated. Oh, thank God. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah, she's a dumb bitch. I'm pretty sure a lot of it had to do with her recently shooting her neighbor's dog. You probably shouldn't shoot dogs when you're running for re-election. Fuck her. She's fucking... I, I, wow. she's she's dumb as a stump so i can't imagine you know she was thinking strategy when she was firing at an innocent pup it's fine whatever right right like who even fucking does that boring goddamn bober may that dog rest in peace all right we <laughs> wait hold on hold on hold on i think i clicked the wrong video he's uh yeah there was a speech he made earlier today is that the one you're referring to yeah and i totally did click the wrong video where the fuck was it uh oh uh, you want me to air it i can do that i'm trying to like there we go. I found it. The one from the Guardian that I had pulled up earlier, or that I had intended to pull up earlier. Oh, yeah. It's, the whole speech is 53 minutes or so. Yeah, I'm not trying to do all that. Uh -uh. Highlights is good. Our democracy has been tested in recent years, but uh, with their votes, uh, the American people have spoken and proven once again that democracy is who we are. While the press and the pundits are predicting a giant red wave, uh, it didn't happen. Time out, time out. What press <laughs> predicted a red wave? Fox well, News? Well, I think all the press was talking about, well, anticipating a red wave. I don't know if they were talking about it or if they were pushing for it, but I know that they were, it was uh, anticipating I mean, yeah, because were... of the midterm election. Well, yeah, not only that, but also, you know, like inflation and stuff. I mean, yeah, like they made it sound like the Democrats had a fight on their hands or whatever. But Roe v. Wade was on the ballot in a lot of these people's minds. So I, I, mean, I don't think that, that, that was the driving factor with people turning out to the polls. Yeah, uh, I, th I think it was. I think I think you're absolutely correct. But I also think they had not anticipated 
that being as big an issue as it was. I think they thought, oh, well, it was handled because we're going to leave it up to the states and you guys are just jawing on about nothing because every time I talk to a, a conservative about it, that was the exact response I'd get was, oh, you're making a big deal out of nothing because states can overturn that, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's, it is a big deal and people are making it a big deal and people showed up uh, in record numbers to make sure that everybody knew it was a big deal. But I don't think that everybody anticipated it being as big an issue as it was. Fair. Fair. Anyway, let's get back to listening to Corn Cob here. <laughs> and Corn I know Pop. you were somewhat Whatever. miffed by my, uh, my uh, obsessive optimism, but uh, I felt good during the whole process. I thought we were going to do fine. While any seat lost is painful, some good Democrats didn't win the last night. Democrats had a strong night. My judgment of running when I announce, if I know my intention is that I run again, but I'm a great respecter of fate. And uh, this is a timeout. So he's like literally making this about himself. Of course he is, Biden. Why is he running again? <laughs> Why? Be a one-term president. Be a James Knox poke. Knock this out of the park in one term and be done. Why are we making this a thing for two terms? Does he I don't think know. he's going like, to live another dude, four years? Should be, <laughs> dude, right. He's like 114 years old already. Jesus. Like <laughs> The uh, only thing that keeps this guy running is formaldehyde. Dude, it's the only we reason need why he's so On this shit. Listen, we, we have a minimum age that you have to be in order to take office. There should be a maximum age as well. I don't see anybody crying ageism about not letting a fucking 18-year-old with zero life experience into a government seat. So, um, you know, we need to, you know, not have that frame of mind about, you know, maybe there should be a cap at like 55. Maybe after that, you should fuck off back to your regular job until it's time to retire and then just retire and stop fucking trying to govern when you're out of touch with the entire rest of society that is actually like working age and having to deal with the shit that you are fucking legislating. Right, right. Uh, I, you know, that, that's the thing is I, I think we're going to get accused of being ageist here, but uh, the reality is, you know, we're, we're electing somebody to plot for the future. If you're not going to be around for it, probably not a great idea. Yeah. Natalie uh, said, I can't even fathom him running again, especially if it's against DeSantis. I was just going to point to that. I mean, Natalie, great point. Yeah. yeah. Very uh, real possibility, because when it comes to the Republican Party, look at who their two major choices are for the next presidential race, and it's Trump who's already failed, and yes, he does still have some fucking serious support, but it's split the party. Most of them are gonna support DeSantis, who is far smarter and therefore fucking scarier. Just yeah. as fascist, if not more so. Yeah, I would tend to agree, but he's uh, more, I don't know, palatable to the liberals, which also makes him more dangerous. Like, he could be a far more effective fascist than Trump could ever hope to be. Right. That's, 
Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's that's what I mean. <laughs> what makes Trump scary is also what makes him ineffective. Yeah, he's scary because he's so bad. <laughs> he's he's so completely inept, and un, incapable of keeping it together for long enough to actually be a threat. You know, I don't know. But DeSantis, different story. I think he's really he's a a much more polished politician and it, let's be fair biden has never been a polished politician not and, ever not <laughs> even a little bit before he was a vice president he was known as mr gaff central you know that was it the only reason anybody knew who biden was was one his three-state solution to iraq and he was gaff central unbelievable anyway james said i'm i'm glad it's him not cheese puff but he's like a vampire mummy with no fangs that forgot where his tomb is <laughs> that's great yeah. <laughs> but um with, with DeSantis, part of the problem when it comes to his ability to be very persuasive when he speaks we're talking about a military lawyer yeah. He's very well practiced in speaking whatever bullshit said eloquently that he needs to come up with to convince people of the bullshit falling out of the hole in his face. And, and uh, it's kind of fucking unnerving because that motherfucker has that ability to sway people to his side. That's part of why the state of Florida still wholeheartedly fucking support that motherfucker at least in in a majority you know they they like him he's very charismatic and yeah. it's blinding them to well, just how goddamn fascist he is there's there's two things you really need to be successful in politics in, in in to be an american president gravitas and charisma and those are two different yeah. things. And I think DeSantis uh, has, has a lot of polish to make him seem charismatic, uh, but he certainly has a sense of gravitas that, that, polit that Trump never had. Um, and I don't think politician, any politician since, since Obama has been this polished um, and has yeah. really posed a real threat. Yeah. Right. Well, that's how he won so many people over too. Yeah. Like, oh, look at him speak. He's a good public speaker. Oh, you he were talking about Obama. Jokes. <laughs> no, Obama. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, He'll keep you smiling. Like, oh, yeah. He'll keep you smiling mm -hmm. until the cruise missile lands. Yup. Right. Right. Change you can believe in. <laughs> I mean, dude, Democrats literally did the meme, you know, the meme where like there's a bomber, right? And it says Republicans and then there's the same bomber, but it's got like a fucking pride flag skin. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like they literally did that. They named a fucking warship after Harvey Milk. Stop it. Stop. Yeah. An, an enormous anti-war protester. Yeah. Yeah. 
Of course. God damn it. I, I, I can't think of a worse way to commemorate somebody. I can't with fucking audacity. Unless unless it's maiden voyage included like a a uh like a a, a straight pride flag. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of that would make it more insulting. but yeah so like anytime that a liberal tries to come at you with like you know they're touting their foreign policy just remind them that they named a warship after a gay anti-war activist (laughs) that part that's really a way to honor him god damn it (laughs) Anyway, back to uh, back to Biden's little fucking like ego stroking. Uh, maybe I shouldn't use the word stroke. <laughs> oh God! His, uh, <laughs> fallacious victory lap here. Ultimately, a family decision. I think everybody wants me to run, but they're going, we're going to have discussions about it. And my everybody guess wants is me to early run. next year we make that judgment. Last night, I was pleased to call. Maxwell Frost, a 25-year-old who got elected, I guess the youngest man ever elected to the United States Congress. What? Oh, hang on. No, no, no. Go keep, keep going because this is even better. And uh, I told him uh, uh, that uh, he, I, I told him that I was the first elected, the second youngest person ever elected to the United States Senate at 29. <laughs> there it that is. an incredible start and what I'm sure will be a long. Was that like before or after the uh, Nazi invasion of Europe? <laughs> you, we wouldn't know. This was actually prehistoric. <laughs> right. Remember, he's like 137 now. So. <laughs> Long distinguished career. Oh, that was it. I paused it one second before the end. But I, yeah. I thought it was hilarious that he turned this, like like you were saying, he made this about him. The, 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 he, the victory speech, he called this guy to congratulate him on being <laughs> the youngest person elected to the Senate, just to tell him, hey, uh, used to be me. <laughs> right. Right. This is so self-selling. Fucking insane. It, it should be on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> So the youngest representative in House history, see my corn pop, was back in 1797 to 1799. He was elected at age 22, younger than the constitutionally required age of 25. The House chose to seat him anyway. So Biden is full of shit on multiple levels here. I don't know if he's full of shit or just stupid. It's difficult. It's difficult to to know the difference. Um, the youngest senator <laughs> was. I Get wish back. this was like by fucking. Oh, okay. There we go. Twenty eight years. And Joe Biden is not even on. He's he's like number. Hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. At 30 years, not 29. 
James says, get back in your sarcophagus, you fucking mummy. Yeah. Speech today. That that's just that's just wild. Play for you later. This is why we need to stop having such old crusty motherfuckers be able to stay in office this long. There needs to be an age limit and term limits that, you know, prevent this from continuing. This is so beyond fucked up that the motherfuckers holding most of the seats in the federal government should have retired decades ago. Right. Oh, by the way, do you want to hear a year, like the year that Joe Biden was elected to the Senate? Are you ready for this? January 3rd, 1973. Oh, we're still fighting in Vietnam. (laughs) God damn it. Not him. He probably had bone spurs or some shit. Yeah, something like that. The president says he knows that voters are frustrated. It's been a tough few years for people, but the focus of his remarks was to underline that Democrats had a strong night. While votes are no, it was to underline that it was all because of him. Are still being tallied. Yeah. They have path to hold control of the Senate, and they limited Republican gains in the House. They didn't limit shit. <laughs> President Joe Biden hailing a successful midterm election night for Democrats as voters prevented a sweeping Republican wave many expected. And we lost fewer seats in the House of Representatives than any Democratic president's first midterm election in the last 40 years. Can anybody fact check that for me real quick? Yeah, that's a fact. That's true. Okay. Did did you check it? Yeah, (laughs) earlier. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I will check it again just for you. Okay. 1986. Democrats could still lose control of one or both houses of Congress, but it's closer than Republicans anticipated. Right now, neither party has reached the 218 seats needed to win the House. And in the Senate, Republicans need 51 seats to win. Democrats need 50 because Vice President Kamala Harris serves as the tiebreaker during votes on legislation. Votes are still being tallied in key states across the country where it's too to close to call. Highlights Arizona of and President Nevada Biden's among them. And the Georgia Senate race, like which could determine Determined control lines. of the Senate is headed to a runoff as neither Democrat Raphael Warnock nor Republican Herschel Walker. They lied to me. Big fat liars. <laughs> you tell yeah. them, buddy. Uh, Amazing shit. how many people that, yes, that they're all big fat fucking liars. They've, they've truly been indoctrinated with this fucking groupthink shit. But if it fell out of their flavor of politicians' face, it must be true. So uh, Donald Trump, in his midterm elections, lost 40 seats in the House and gained two seats in the Senate. 2014, Obama lost 13 in the House and nine in the Senate. In 2010, 63 in the House and six in the Senate. George W., 
30 and six loss. George W gained eight and two. Uh, that was in 2002, right after 9-11. So I don't, you know, those numbers don't really reflect much. Um, Clinton in 1998 gained five Senate seats and got in and lost no, uh, gained five seats in, in Congress and lost no seats in the Senate. So that's probably the best record we have right now outside of George W. Uh, but prior to that in 1994 was the contract with America, Newt Gingrich, where they lost 52 seats in Congress and uh, eight seats in the Senate. So that was a huge, sweeping, horrible night. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, in general, this might be a pretty darn good night overall. Fair, fair, fair. Let's see. I want to leave us with uh, some sort of video, but I don't know what. Huh. I gotta tell James you, it's said really it's all fake news. It's a sham. I never lost anything. They're just saying that. I want everything I paid for and you need to steal stuff and scale the wall. Yeah. Huh. You know, I, I gotta tell you, uh, that is a great strategy, by the way, uh, that the Republicans have decided <laughs> to, to utilize. Because they never lose anything, right? Oh, it's fraud. It's all election fraud. What a great strategy that is. You've never lost anything. You just, you've just, you're just, you're just a, a victim. You're a victim, you know? Right. Great strategy. There's no fucking way we lost. I wish I could do that in work, you know? Right. Yeah, the reason why the numbers are so uh, bad, boss, is because, you know, it's rigged against us. <laughs> it's all work. a conspiracy <laughs> never works for me why is it working on their employers then of the American people <laughs> that's a question I have no idea I don't know why people buy it it seems like such a silly thing why do they right. why waste so many millions of dollars on, on getting votes why waste all that time raising money if you're if you're if it's not for something? I don't know. Right. I digress. It's all a sham. All of it. Bribery should not be legalized via lobbying. Agreed. Oh, there's a question. Natalie said, who here thought Fetterman would win? I'm really glad he did. I watched the one debate versus Oz and was thinking, no way. Yeah, that's that debate was such a bomb. It was so bad. And, uh, and that's so sad because 
uh, yeah, Fetterman is such a good, I, I want to say a, a better um, politician, which is, it sounds like an insult. But, uh, <laughs> well, in most but, cases. I think I think that that people saw through uh, Mehmet Oz moving there the year before the election. I think they saw it for exactly what it was: carpet bagging. That's how I saw it. I think that's how um, people from Pennsylvania saw it, and I, I think Fetterman. Uh, I was surprised he won uh, through name recognition alone. Doctor Oz should have should have taken that. But I guess uh, to the credit of the people of Pennsylvania. Is it just the No, come see me. I've, I've turned off my video. I turned off my video. I love you. I love you. I did not turn um, off my audio. Whoop. <laughs> I think I'm going to leave us today with a, an excerpt of a Malcolm X speech titled, Democracy is Hypocrisy. Nice. It, it seemed fitting. I've been doing a lot of uh, reading pertaining to uh, politics in the 60s because I've been doing this um, United Panther Movement class. So, you know, I was trying to find like maybe one of the Panthers talking about, you know, like electoralism, but um, then I thought of Malcolm X instead. So I'm going to leave you with that. There isn't anybody better than Malcolm X anyway. Right. Fair. That's fair. The thing is, it's like we don't even have a real democracy or we wouldn't have an electoral college or gerrymandering or anything else. It would simply be straight up one person, one vote. That's that's true democracy of right. bottom right. organized. We have a very much of a shit show of a constitutional republic that's even failing to meet the standards of that definition. We definitely do not live in a fucking democracy not a real one and it gets so tiring to hear people saying it to be such agree um, well yeah and i mean that's more or less like what he's getting at here exactly i mean for it to really be democracy it has to be inclusive no we yeah. that one up Anyway, um, I, I guess before I actually hit screen share, I should have like asked if anybody else has anything that they want to uh, bring up or discuss or plug or whatever before we go. There's nothing that I'm going well, to have to say that's going to beat whatever Malcolm X is going to say. So, fair. <laughs> going to okay. leave it to him. Right. Let Malcolm do the talking. <laughs> Fair enough. He's on point. Um, I would like to uh, invite everyone who's interested to attend the Hassan Shakur political education program. That'll be Saturday at noon Eastern. Trying to keep it about an hour. Uh, we actually split this this week's class into two because it was just too much. We're trying to keep it in an hour and there was no way that was gonna happen. But we were gonna be covering the documentary Black Panther's Vanguard of the Revolution. 
Um, and then the following week, we'll be, we will be breaking down line by line the Huey P. Newton speech, uh, power anywhere there's people. Um, oh, amazing things to watch. Um, Rob, can you pop those links in the comments too for those two videos? Because I think those both are incredibly important for people to watch. Um, there's so much knowledge contained in them both. I believe Inside. that I can, yes. Well, I mean, the I don't have actually i can get that too never mind that way anybody who does want to attend the class this weekend and next has the materials on hand to watch those ahead of time too so they can fully participate in those discussions with us but uh yeah it's fucking important Let's see here. There is the YouTube link for the documentary. And here is the Marxist Internet Archives link for. I said it was a Huey P. Newton speech. That's fucked up. It's a Fred Hampton speech. I'm sorry. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I fucked that up. Um, it really but, did. I mean, I fucked up too because I've watched that speech a few times and it I didn't even catch that when you said Huey instead of Fred. Yeah. Even with video playback going in my head. It's one of them days. It but happens. Yeah, it really does. There was not enough caffeine in the world to fucking make my brain fully align with this plane of existence today. <laughs> right. That's a hell of a way to say it. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm eloquent sometimes. Other times, I'm <laughs> Where did that video go? <clears throat> I, I think we could have a whole episode dedicated oh, to yeah. where did that video go? <laughs> I've got like a hundred thousand internet tabs and windows open because of like you know this shit and then the class shit and then the the other shit yeah. and, then, and then more shit. One of these days we should cut some blooper reels. And where did that video go? It should definitely be at the top. We have a blooper, blooper reel. Haven't you watched our current event stream? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the clock screen you get to see. You have, we can have, you have a whole a, fucking like hour blooper reel of the fucking internet blooping me out into the fucking ether and back. Oh Jesus um, Christ. I'm so glad that you dialed in tonight. Oh my god. Me too. This has been so frustrating for the past month, not even really being able to fully engage in the fucking conversation. Like, ah, fucking internet. So yeah, we're going to have to keep doing this so long as I'm out here. <laughs> it's so nice to have a conversation with you, like, part of the way through and watch you freeze and then wonder what you're going to say next. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Makes a choose-your-own-adventure book. Yeah, right. 
I wasn't sure if you guys could even still see my video feed at all or not because I haven't been able to see yours in like a half hour. But Zoom is at least still open. So there's that. <laughs> Just right. know that we love you. That's all. Love you too. Glad you were able to join us tonight too, bro. I've missed you. Oh, likewise. Can we make Yay. this a regular thing? <laughs> I will do my very best to make it a regular thing. Absolutely. If we continue to do it at the same time every Wednesday night, I will do my very best to make it here. Beautiful. Hey, Rob. All right, yeah. Rob. Can I, can I roll, play now? roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> yes. With no badge or no white skin or no white sheet or no white anything else. The police the same way. They put their club upside your head and then turn around and accuse you of attacking them. Every case of police brutality against a Negro follows the same pattern. They attack you, bust you all upside your mouth, and then take you to court and charge you with assault. What kind of democracy is that? What kind of uh, freedom is that? What kind of social or political system is it when a black man has no voice in court, has no nothing on his side other than what the white man chooses to give him? My brothers and sisters, we have to put a stop to this. And it will never be stopped until we stop it ourselves. They attack the victim. And then the criminal who attacked the victim accuses the victim of attacking him. Yes, sir. This is American justice. Yes, sir. That's right. This is American democracy. Yes, and those of you who are familiar with it yes. know that in America, democracy is hypocrisy. Right. Now, if I'm wrong, put me in jail. Right. But if you can't prove that a democracy is not hypocrisy, then don't put your hands on me. Oh, every time I hear him, chills down my spine, man. He's so awesome. Right? Agreed. 100% agreed. So uh, it's the time of the episode that, uh, that James has been talking about in the comments for a minute now. <laughs> Do you know what time it is, Scott? Is it, is it time for the music? It's time for the music. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So I think we probably are going to be doing the. Well, we can't do it Wednesday every week because every other week I'm going to a CPUSA reading group on Wednesday. But it, I mean, my days off currently have been Wednesday, Thursday. So um we'll talk about it in the chat and as for you that are watching uh keep up with our facebook page we'll make the events like i did for tonight um yeah we're also gonna get back into you know um education shows and other things than just the current event stream here uh coming up so keep your eyes out for that and uh yeah i think that's all i got what about you um we're also we we have not scheduled the day yet but we're going to do a q a 
Um, and we have been discussing bringing back the movie nights too. So keep your eyes open for that one as well. And suggest um, some movies. <laughs> yes, because you know we we've kind of fallen off when it comes to the extras like that that you know we want to be able to actually bring to the table on a regular basis especially for our patreon patrons and stuff too we've been slacking on the things that we promised there so we are working on putting those back together for you guys and we appreciate you standing with us through our juggling over here agreed that's, that's solidarity we love you All right. Uh, have a good night.